it's a blessing that we can come together and share around the world. Uh, for a good day today, I don't know about you, we're at the end of the day here in Israel. I took the dog for a walk tonight, thought I was going for a little half hour walk. We ended up on probably close to a two hour walk around the community and down to the beach and everything. <laughs> he was having a great time and I had a good time too. It was nice to get out and just pray and have a nice walk and just be refreshed in the spirit. But I tell you what, I was aching by the time I got home. Anyway, it's been a good day pressing into his presence. Welcome Mary, good to see you in North Carolina. Hope you're doing well. Excellent. Okay. So tonight we're talking about He is here, God's dwelling. And this is important when we are looking at um, Shavuot because we're talking about the dwelling place. You know, we've got the free feasts where you have to come up to Jerusalem. And that's uh, for, the, for unleavened bread. It's for... Um, Shavuot and for Sukkot. That's the free feast. So we're just going to talk a little bit about um, the feast of Shavuot in, prepar in preparation for this coming Saturday evening and Sunday. And uh, we're really encouraged and looking forward to what the Father is going to do over this uh, Shavuot. We're excited about what the Father is going to do. And look, every single day, what we have been doing in the Canton of the Omar, we are preparing ourselves for Shavuot. We're getting our house in order. And, uh, you know, it's it's a feast that's kind of stepped to the side where people don't really look so much at, at Shavuot. They don't go into the details of it. But if you're counting down, uh, if you're counting to 50, you know, what's happening is it's keeping the focus on. It's keeping your attention that you are, you know, you're not just allowing the days just to pass by, but you're being attentive to the things of the Spirit and recognizing the days in which we are living. So let's just start with prayer. Father, we want to thank you for this day. Father, we thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Ruach HaKodesh, it's by your Spirit that we see your kingdom come, that we see victory over every aspect of our life. And Father, Shavuot is far more than just uh, the outpouring of the Spirit. There's so much more involved in Shavuot. And Father, we want to experience your fullness and walk in your ways. And these are appointed times that you have set for us, Father. And we want to see the victory uh, in Messiah within our lives. So we yield to you tonight. And as we spend some time just going through the scriptures here tonight and just fellowship, and I pray that you minister to us. We cancel right now all the assignments of the enemy. So if you're watching right now and you just feel that the enemy has just been beating you up today, we cancel the assignments of the enemy. And we just release the love, joy, peace in the Ruach HaKodesh in his spirit. And we ask, Father, that you minister to us the body in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, Esther, in Australia. Good to have you with us. We've got B in Texas. Welcome. Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. If you're just uh, tuning in, give us a shout out. Let us know uh, that you are watching. And uh, it, uh, it's good for us to connect because the reason we do this just to really make sure we keep focused on what we're doing. Why are we every day coming around the scriptures? Because we want to be an encouragement and we want to uh, just look at keys on how we transform our daily devotion. 
And, you know, we, we don't want to come off this. We want to be actively engaged in the presence of Yehovah. That's what we want to do. We want to be engaged in His presence. We want to be walking in His ways and see the victory of Yeshua in every aspect of our life. And, you know, we've got to get to that place where we talked about yesterday. You know, we talked about strengthening your belief system. Do we really believe? You know, are we taking a hold of the Word? Or are we just, you know, is there things that we just kind of, you know, don't pay attention to? Uh, I'm not looking, you know. Never forget the day when uh, my wife was being challenged over Christmas, you know. Uh, as a as a Jewish woman who, growing up, wasn't allowed to celebrate Christmas. Excuse me, I've got my nose is driving me crazy here. She wasn't allowed to celebrate Christmas. And then when she gets born again, joins a, a, a fellowship, all of a sudden, wow, this is awesome. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's all about Christmas. And then the day, you know, when the Holy Spirit said, you know, this is not of me. And Haley's like, well, I'm not listening. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. You know, I was deprived of this for years. Now I've got this. This is a great blessing. We have a great time at Christmas, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. But the reality is, are we going to yield to the word? Are we going to yield to the truth of the word? And, you know, some, sometimes people look at this and they're like, well, you know, we're, we're Christians. We're believers. This is what we do. And stop rocking the boat. This is how we see it. This is, uh, you know, part of our foundation. But the, the, the reality is, is it part of the Word's foundation? It might be part of your foundation, but can you find it in the Scripture? Can we really go to the Scripture and study it through and be satisfied that uh, the things that we are doing in the traditions of denominations or in Christianity... You know, that we can justify they're okay. You know, uh, some preachers and teachers want to give thanks to the Catholic Church for how they maintained and kept the scriptures uh, all the way through to today. And because of that basis, you know, we should endorse the Catholic Church. I don't think so. You know, because we understand what the doctrine of Catholicism is out to do. It's out to take us away. You know, that's why Constantine... Uh, they made it uh, illegal to keep the Sabbath on Shabbat on the seventh day, and they changed it to the first day, sun worship day. Uh, they made it illegal for you to follow the feasts. Now you had to follow Ishtar and Christmas and change the names. And, you know, don't worry, they were baptized by the Catholic Church, so now they're all holy. So if you're a Catholic or if you're a Protestant, it's all right. You know, the Catholic Church has got you covered. But, you know, that's not where I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life through a Roman Catholic system. No, I want to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I want to recognize where my identity is within the Scripture so that we can delve in to become everything that he's called us to be. Because the God we serve is a holy God, and you just can't do the things that you want to do. Now, you think you can justify it because we've seen so much within Christianity of how they try to justify the things that they do. But the reality is, will we come to the place where we allow the Father to break our hearts, where we can press in and, you know, move into a whole new dimension of the love 
of Elohim so that we can witness uh, hold on I'm just turning a little cooler down here I can't believe how hot it is in the studio tonight man I've got the air on low it is so hot in here maybe I've got the heat on God, that's what happens when you get old you can't even see what the <laughs> control says for the air in the studio alright hopefully that will help We'll see what happens in the next few minutes. If you st see me starting to sweat like crazy, it's not the coronavirus. It's just really hot in here. Right. What was I talking about? Yeah, we're talking about um, what type of God do we serve? And he, he's a God of order. And this is the whole reason why I love him. Because my life can be stable in his presence. You know, I can be secure in him because he is he's not changing, you know. He's not, he's not uh, changing his ideas. He's not changing his system. He is steadfast. He will uh, take us in a direction. He will hold fast to his will and his purpose. That's what's amazing about following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yehovah. That's what's amazing. You know, if you, if you want to have, uh, you know, all sorts of opinions and all sort of directions, then, you know, choose Hinduism, you know. 350 million gods later you know if you fall out of one choose another Greek gods uh, you know but we serve the one and only living God so we want to press in and we want to know what he has to say to our lives today so father we thank you uh, for the feasts that these are appointed times when we know every day we can be in your presence Every day we love to press in to know you. And, you know, maybe you don't realize this, but a Sabbath is a feast day. It's not, uh, you know, just a day of rest. And this is so important that we understand this. A Sabbath is not just a day of rest. It's a feast day. It's a day that is a holy day that's set apart. Yes, we rest, you know. And, and the Father rested after creation. He rested. And, you know, we rejoice in creation on the Sabbath. We thank the Father for everything that he has done. We are part of that creation plan. And the Father said, it is tough, it is good, you know, what he had done. Hallelujah. So we want to walk in his ways. So I just want to read a few scriptures on... Uh, Shavuot, as some call Pentecost, you know, 50. And uh, I, I just want to bring a few points out tonight on this um, because, you know, th there is some interesting teachings within the church. You know, he, here's the problem. If you just think it's just all Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's poured out, it's all about the Holy Spirit, you know, we can miss so many key things. But as we come to Shavuot, we're actually seeing a very important picture concerning the gospel of the kingdom, you know. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit from it, Leviticus chapter 23. Some of you might be thinking, Leviticus, isn't that the book where you start yawning as you start reading it from the beginning and going through, you know. What does that relate to my life? It's very important book of uh, the Torah. It's amazing as you start to understand and open up uh, the book of Leviticus, it's amazing. You know, what what things have we been saying over these last few weeks that's so important that many people within the church world fail to understand? They think that the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, 
are like, you know, oh, they, you know, they're bondage. It's really difficult, you know, really hard. But in reality, the first five books of the Bible are filled with the manifestation of the kingdom of God, the purposes and will of God. You can find your destiny. You can find Messiah all through the pages of the Torah. It's amazing. It's so filled with the Spirit, with signs, wonders, miracles, transformation. Listen, it says there's a day coming, which it says in the, the Jeremiah, Jeremiah, See, every time I go to read something, there's always something else comes up we've got to go read before we get to read it. Yeah, Jeremiah chapter 16. Hallelujah. What does it say there? Verse 14. However, the days are coming, declares Yehovah, when men will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north, and out of all the countries where he banished them, for I will restore them to the land I gave to their forefathers. Now, what's important about this portion of Scripture? What do we see here? You know, the days are coming when men will no longer say, Surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Why? Because there's an event, a kingdom manifestation that we're about to witness that's going to be so transforming that, you know, just look at how you, you do your uh, your Passover meal today and just think about adding addition. You know, we add tables. You know, we've got the table of the, uh, the Red Sea crossing. We've got the table of the plagues. And, you know, I can't wait to add the biggest table of all, which is going to be the return of his people the glory of Yehovah as he's bringing his people back to the land. And this is not millennial kingdom talk. This is something that we are going to witness in these days. So we've got to recognize, you know, what the Father is doing through the Torah. We see the kingdom manifesting in the Torah. And let me tell you something, as he brings his people back to his instructions and the Holy Spirit, because... The, the word of Yehovah and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, they walk hand in hand. And that's what we see in Shavuot. We see the two walking together. You know, some of you might remember Smith Wigglesworth. You know, he made a famous prophecy. And that prophecy was that the greatest outpouring will be the revival where the word and the spirit come together. And that's going to be one of the greatest outpourings that takes place uh, you know in the days in which we're living you know we're going to see such a mighty outpouring not just of the Holy Spirit where people are just going crazy and all over to the right but we're going to have balance with the word and the spirit together and that's what we need to get to we need the balance of the word and the spirit within our lives and that's what's so amazing about coming back to the Hebraic roots of the faith is it's bringing balance, it's bringing to life the beginning of the book in a far greater dimension. But we're not looking at it from a, a, a rabbinical Judaism perspective, or, you know, not even Judaism perspective, because, you know, Yeshua says, don't follow those Pharisees. Why? Because if they don't have Yeshua, you don't need to be following them. We need to follow those who are walking with what? The Word and the spirit 
We need to follow those who are walking with the Word and the Spirit. Those who are born again, who accept the Messiah. Yeshua said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you're watching right now and you're a, a religious Jew, um, or you, you are a, a studier of the Scriptures, but you deny that Yeshua is the Messiah, I can't follow what you teach because I'm not going to waste my time because you're not teaching the foundation of what the Torah is all about because the Torah is all about Yeshua the Messiah. So hallelujah, the days are coming. And that's something we've got to rejoice over, that the days are coming. You know, so it's preparation. So as we go from Passover, unleavened bread, then we've got the counting of the Omar. As we're counting down that 50, you know, here we are in Israel. It's, it's like we're hitting the beginning of summer. So we have the spring feasts and then all of a sudden you've got this Shavuot. And what's amazing about Shavuot, we have the barley harvest that takes place in uh, one uh, position. And then we have, uh, oh, thank you. That's great. Thank you very much. Oh, it looks like I'm getting all these different types of things uh, from Hannah. <laughs> Let's put that in my mouth. Maybe that will help a bit. All right. So I'm going to speak as long as this button uh, doesn't dissolve within my mouth. You know, once the <laughs> once the sweet's gone, the message is over. So I hope it's not a button. Anyway. What are we talking about? Yeah, so we're talking, where are we at? We're talking about the Word and the Spirit together. We're talking about what's the position of Shavuot. Where does Shavuot come in the whole process uh, of these feasts? You know, right now it's the beginning of the summer. And, uh, you know, we've done this countdown. And it's so vitally important because Yeshua says, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power from on high and tonight one of the as I was just pressing in and praying over you know what we're going to look at what are some of the key things you know I haven't really got a lot of notes tonight as usual but all I, all I kept hearing was this he is here he is here God is here God dwells amongst us he is here so, you know, we've got people saying, well, you know, I'm living in the New Testament. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm not following the feast. I'm going to stick with Christmas and Easter and do all these uh, pagan things. Why? Because why should I even follow the Torah anyway? There is no temple. Well, yes, there is a temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I told you I was going to read Leviticus chapter 23. But uh, we, may, we may as well just... Uh, turn to where it talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's let me get a Leviticus 23. Okay, I've got a note in there. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 14. We are going to get Leviticus 23, you know, before the morning. <laughs> Unless you're in Australia, you're already in the morning. All right, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can the light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Messiah and Baal? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What, uh, what agreement is there between the temple of Elohim and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, 
I will live with them and will walk among them, and I will be their Elohim, and they will be my people. And I will receive you, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says Yehovah Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for Elohim. Hallelujah! If there's ever a reason to get Catholicism out of your life, it's not found in a Torah scripture, even though it is there, but you can find it right here in Second Corinthians. You know, touch no unclean thing. Therefore, come out, out from them and be separate. You know, you look at those, uh, uh, you know, books in the 60s and 70s, 80s, 90s on uh, the rapture and the end of the world. And, you know, uh, David Hathaway in the UK and all these guys with the revelation teaching. Come out of them. You know, it's the Catholic Church and then it's the, the European Union and... We start changing who this is that we have got to come out. Come on, come out of them. Be separate, as we see also in Revelation 18, chapter 4. But, you know, what we've got to do is touch no unclean thing, and you will receive, uh, and I will receive you. So basically, oh, well, I'm born again. I have faith. But listen, if you if you wake up to the revelation of what the truth is, and you don't follow the truth, then what does the Father say? You know, am I going to receive you? Am I going to receive your prayers? Am I going to receive your worship? So, you know, I'm not speaking this to condemn. I'm speaking this to say, be confident in who we are because we serve a God who is not changing. He is forever the same. So what does it say here? It says that we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their Elohim, and they will be my people. Thank you, Father, that we we are the temple of the living God. We thank you, Father, for your word. Father, we don't want to be involved in unequally yoked with unbelievers, with people who will not believe and walk in the word and this is important in relationships you know you don't want to go and marry an unbeliever you're going to be unequally yoked but we want to be in relationship with people who we can walk together with who we can serve Yehovah together so we can have unity within our home any house that's not walking in the unity of the scripture are walking in division and, you know, look, it's not a place where you have to say, I'm leaving this home because of the division. No, you've got to start interceding and praying and pressing forward to see the victory in Messiah. So that's an awesome scripture there. Uh, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves. And that's exactly what we're talking about with Shavuot. And that's what I love about Shavuot because it's about the wedding. And, you know, we hear... Uh, people talk about it being the birth of the church. Well, that's just not true because there's no such thing as the church. 
This is a, a misunderstanding and a false teaching that is out there. It is the ecclesia, it's the assembly. Yes, we are being gathered together, but there is only one gospel. There's only one message from Genesis to Revelation. You know, we don't have two gospels, one gospel for the Jewish people and another gospel for the Gentiles. No, you can't have that because we are called to be grafted in. Um, you know, we are called to walk as the Father has called us to walk. So anyway, Leviticus chapter 23, we are going to read a few verses from there in verse 15. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf and wave offering, count off seven full weeks. And this is powerful because, you know, we get the barley as, as our wave offering uh, before the Father. You know, we're not turning it into anything. It's just the barley wave before the Father. And then we count off seven, uh, 50 days up to, you know, seven weeks up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. And then present an offering of new grain to Yahovah. From where you live, bring two loaves made of two tenths of an ephah of fine flour baked with yeast as a wave offering of first roots to Yahovah. Present with the bread seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two Rams, they will be a burnt offering to Yehovah together with the grain offerings, the drink offerings, and the offerings made by fire and aroma pleasing to Yehovah. Then sacrifice one male goat for sin offering and two lambs, each a year old, for the fellowship offerings. The priest is to wave the two lambs before Yehovah as a wave offering to gather with the bread. Uh, together with the bread and the first fruits, they are a sacred offering to Yehovah for the priest. On the same day, you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edge of your field or gather uh, the gleanings of your harvest, leave them for the poor and the alien. I am Yehovah, your Elohim. Thank you, Father. Well, one of the things we see here in verse 17, from wherever you live, bring two loaves made with, with um, two tenths of ephah. What's this talking about, the two loaves? So we have the wave offering of the barley at the beginning uh, of the year. Then we have the two loaves that's made out of wheat. It's the wheat harvest that's come in. And, you know, we talk about uh, the two becoming one. And this is an important part of what we see within Scripture. The two loaves, the two becoming one. And, you know, there's many times I'd be in uh, uh, Passover, or not Passover, just uh, Shabbat meetings in different parts of the world. And before they'd pray, they'd lift up the two loaves and they'd say, this one represents the church and this one represents Israel. And we ask, Father, for unity, you know. And then you've got people would say, uh, in this scripture here at Pentecost, what does Pentecost mean to the Christian church? It's a, the double portion. It's an offering before the Father 
for the birthing of the church. That's what they say. This is the time that the church um, was born. And I, I just want to declare that that's, that's not true. These two loaves represent the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, the two becoming one. And these are the key things that we want to be looking at uh, because that's what the scripture is talking about. Because when we get things into perspective concerning the marriage, uh, concerning uh, the gospel of the kingdom, you know, it brings transformation. You know, we have the scripture where it talks about the restoration of the nation and the people of Israel. In Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 15, the word of Yehovah came to me, son of man. Take a stick of wood and write on it belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on it Ephraim's stick belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. Join them together into one stick so that they may become one in your hand. When your countrymen ask you, won't you tell us uh, what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I'm going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with him, and I'm going to join it to Judah's stick, making them a single stick of wood, and they will become one in my hand. Now here is a key. I'm not two house in this walk. I'm one house. I believe the two houses are called to be one. It's called to be unity. Verse 20, hold before their eyes the stick you have written on it and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will take the Israelites out of the nations where I where they have gone and I will gather them from all around and bring them back to their own land. This is not just talking about the Jews. This is the whole house of Israel. I will make them one nation in the land and on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over all of them, <clears throat> and they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images or with any of their offenses, for I will save them from all their sinful backsliding, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their Elohim. They will be my people. So the Father's not just bringing people back that have everything together, born again. But we do see in Deuteronomy chapter 30, you know, we see another picture there too. There's, there's different facets to the picture of how the Father is establishing his word and bringing his people home. 30 verse 1. When all the blessings and curses I've set before you come upon you, and uh, you take them to heart wherever Yehovah your Elohim disperses you among the nations. And when you and your children return to Yehovah your Elohim and obey him with all of your heart and with all of your soul according to everything I command you today, then Yehovah your Elohim will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scoured you. Even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there Yehovah your Elohim will gather you and will bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belongs to your fathers and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. Yehovah your Elohim will circumcise your hearts 
and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and live. Yehovah your Elohim will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. So clearly this is not millennial kingdom talk. This is something that has to happen before. We see the promise that in the nations, many people will come back to Torah. They will come back to who Yehovah is in the nations. And then the Father will bring restoration. He will bring them back to the land and establish them in the land. If you are born again of the Spirit, you are part of the house of Israel. And if you're Jewish, if you're from the, the ten tribes, uh, any of the tribes, you have to come to faith in Messiah. There is only one gospel. We have got to come to faith in Messiah. Hallelujah. My Bible's falling apart again. I'll need to get it all stuck up again. Hallelujah. So in Exodus chapter 19, you know, we see the betrothal that's taking place in 20. We see the giving of the commandments. But if we just look at who we are called to be, I want to read a few verses out of Exodus 19, uh, verse 3. When Moshe went up to Elohim and Yehovah called to him from the mountain, he said, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be from me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So, so Moses goes back, he summoned the elders and the people, and he set before them the words of Yehovah that he had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, We will do everything that Yehovah has said. So Moses brought their answer back to Yehovah. But look at what's being set up here. Look at what's happening. You know, we, we go from Genesis chapter uh, 12 Genesis chapter 15 where we see the covenant coming into place and you know we see the promise that is given uh, to uh, Abraham in 12 where he says leave your country and your people and your father's house and go to the land I will show you I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, you know, there's some mistranslation in that section there because what happens is a lot of the, the, the Jewish, Messianic Jewish community goes to the Christian church and believers of the nations and said, if you're not blessing the Jews, you're not going to be blessed. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the seed of Abraham. We are the children of Elohim. We are the seed of Abraham, all of us. You know, Israel has experienced a hardening in part because of their rejection and disobedience, but they are coming back. You know, we're not called to resent the, the Jews or any aspect of Israel, no. But we are called to pray for them to be restored because their restoration will be as life from the dead. 
So what do we see also in this portion? We see the people responding. We will do everything that Yahweh has said. So he is preparing the grounds before they enter into covenant because the Ten Commandments are the condition of the marriage. The entire scripture from Genesis to Revelation is all about the love of God. You know, his love will outweigh everything. It's all about relationship with God. And the fall of man put us in a place where the only way that the Father could bring forth restoration was if he married Israel. So what does he say? He says, I'm going to make you, uh, if you keep, oh, where is it? Let's find the verse. Verse 5 of 19. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. You know, uh, Jewish tradition says that Yahweh went to all 70 nations, couldn't find one that would agree. So Israel was the first group to agree. I don't agree with that at all. You know, that's just Jewish tradition. I believe that Yeshua, or the Father, knows exactly what he's doing. Um, you know, he knows exactly what he's speaking. And, you know, he doesn't have plan B. He can just get on with it right the first time. So what is he saying? He says that, you know, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Well, what's the purpose of the priests? The priest is to bring the order of the people. If you look at the Levitical priesthood, they're to make sure that everyone is in compliance with the order of what is expected of Yehovah. But the intent in Exodus was that we would all be um, uh, priests and kings in the kingdom. For what purpose? For the entire nations of the world, that we would minister to the nations, that we would take Yehovah to the nations. And this is my challenge to a lot of uh, religious Jews in the land. I'm like, if you really believe that you are walking, you know, rabbinical Judaism is right, then why are you not evangelizing to the nations? Because the very reason that uh, Yehovah chose you, the very reason you came into the covenant in Exodus chapter 20 was so that the whole world could receive salvation. So that the whole world would find that there were priests that would bring us to a place and show us how we need to enter into his presence. And that's what the Father wants for us. He wants us to be a kingdom of priests. And if you're born of the Spirit right now, we are called to represent the kingdom and the king to a lost and hurting and dying world and bring the love of Yehovah to the nations. So for what purpose? That they may be saved and that they may be grafted in. So, you know, what we're talking about is we're talking about dwelling, uh, you know, that he will dwell amongst us. That's really what we want to get to an understanding that God dwells. Where does he dwell? You know, we talk about these feasts and it's like, well, there is no temple. So where are we meant to go? Well, we just read in 2 Corinthians 16. What is the temple? I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their Elohim and they will be my people. Okay, we see in Exodus chapter 29, I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their Elohim. I will be their God. So the heart of the Father is not to dwell within a building on a place on earth. The heart of the Father is to dwell 
amongst his people. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 32 that we read from yesterday. And they shall be my people and I will be their Elohim. They shall be my people. We belong to him. He dwells amongst us. So as we come to the place of the feasts, I want you to be in preparation in these last few days as we count down to Saturday, uh, Saturday night and Sunday. I want you to be in preparation that we recognize that you dwell amongst us and we want to walk in your ways. You know, we want to be careful on how we are living our lives and if there's things that we have to do, you know, Scripture tells us, therefore, get out from them. Be separate. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common. So look at who you are yoking with. Look how we are walking. But what what's taking place, it's Exodus chapter 19. This is the, the foundation of marriage. Why? Because they haven't received the, the, the conditions. And before they had received the conditions of this relationship that Yehovah was offering, the people in verse 8 all responded together. Exodus chapter 19 verse 8. We will do everything that Yehovah has said. So Moses brought their answer back to Yehovah. And you know, this is what happens when you get married. You know? Uh, you get married, you don't know, you know, you might fall in love quite fast, all of a sudden, you know, within a short space of time, you're getting married, you're walking down the aisle, and what are you saying? I do, yeah, <laughs> you know, in sickness and health, uh, for better, for worse, you know, no matter what we go through, we're going to go into covenant together, we're going to walk together, and you don't even know all of the aspects of who this person is that you're marrying, you know, you just know who they are through the time of your betrothal or getting to know them. So that's, that's what's happening here in Exodus chapter 20. It's the prep, it is the marriage that's taking place. And that's, that's what's awesome about this. So in 19, it says in verse 18, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because Yehovah descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace the whole mountain trembled violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder and Moses spoke and the voice of Yehovah answered him back so what do we see here we see the preparation of what is taking place we see that the people have got themselves ready I haven't you know you know from verse 9 all the way down to verse 18 you know, verse 14, Moses uh, had gone down the mountain and the people consecrated themselves. They washed their clothes. What does it mean? It's, it's purifying. You know, and it's Shavuot. You know, what's important? You know, when we come into the presence of Yehovah, it, it, back in the day of the temple, no one walked into the temple without going through purification and cleansing. No one. You know, how, how do we walk into the presence of Yehovah and the fellowship of the believers? Are we coming in clean? You know? Are we setting ourselves aside? Are we getting things organized, you know, uh, you know, in preparation for this feast, for this time? And the Father wants us to be in order. He wants us to get our house in order. He wants you 
to be in that place where you will walk in covenant with him. So Shavuot is a great time to proclaim your testimony, to proclaim victory. It's a time for mikvah, for baptism. It's a time to be uh, uh, mikvahed and, and make a declaration on who Yehovah is within your life. And I want to encourage you, you know, if, if, you're, um, if you've got the ability to do a short video, you want to make a short video for this Shavuot, then just share your testimony for a few minutes, you know, three, five minutes, just short testimony on, on coming to faith in Messiah. Proclaim who he is and we'll stitch those together and we will share them uh, for this Shavuot. So if you want to do it, just get your your iPhone out or your smartphone and just record, you know, your testimony, a short testimony, send it to me and we want to share it with others because that's what this is all about. Shavuot is a holy convocation where we come together and proclaim who he is. We serve an amazing God. He is awesome. He wants to dwell amongst us. You know, he has made a covenant with us. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And after those days, declares Yehovah, I will put my Torah in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. You know, this is taken from Jeremiah chapter 31. It's written in Hebrews chapter 8 as well. So if you've got someone that gets offended that you're quoting from, you know, the Tanakh from the Old Testament, then take them to Hebrews chapter 8 and share it from there. You know, from Matthew to Revelation, what are we looking at? You know, we're looking at Scripture, the words which are explaining the Tanakh. It's all referring to the Tanakh. So the two breads that we see in the offering, it's the, the two becoming one uh, you know, one new man that we see in the book of Ephesians. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. It says, um, verse 11, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done with the body by the hand of man, remember that at that time you were separated from Messiah, excluded from citizenship, in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without Elohim in the world. That's where we all came from, hallelujah. But now in Messiah Yeshua, you who are once far away have been brought near through the blood of Messiah. This is what he has done when he paid the price for us. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made the two one. This is Ezekiel chapter 37. That's what's referring to, the two becoming one. And has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. Well, look, if you just read that in plain English, you know, you, you've just found the perfect scripture to say the law is done away with. But if you look into what this is talking about, the unity in the body and what's taking place within the scripture. What is this hostility? What's this enmity that uh, is before us? It's the enmity between the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. And, you know, what's going to happen? By abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, it's talking about the law of marriage. 
because that's what the work of Yeshua on the cross, that's what he did. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace in this one body and reconciling both of them to Elohim through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. So how did he put it to death? Because he died because Jeremiah chapter 3 talks about the divorce of the northern kingdom. And when Yeshua died, the covenant that was with Judah, the southern kingdom, came to an end. And, you know, you might think, well, you know, what are you talking about here? Well, I'm talking about Romans chapter 7, which opens up. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'll just touch on it. Romans 7 verse 1. Do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to men who know the Torah, who know the law. If you don't know the law, don't even waste your time reading Romans chapter 7. That the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound by her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage so that she... Uh, so that if she marries another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law and is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. You know, so what we see is we see that Yeshua died. And that's why the covenant, the renewed covenant that we see in Jeremiah 31, and we also see in Hebrews chapter 8, you know, the whole purpose of what we see here is a covenant, Hebrews 8 verse 10. This is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel. Um, after the time declares Yehovah, I'll put uh, their, law in, uh, their law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. I will be their Elohim and they will be my people. You know, but what is taking place here is that, you know, we're seeing a time is coming. You know, go back to verse 8. Uh, a time is coming, declares Yehovah, when I will make a new, a renewed covenant, a refreshing covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So, you know, the covenant's not just being restored to the northern kingdom so that the father or Yeshua can remarry the northern kingdom with Judah. No, both of them sinned. Both of them had to pay the price. The Messiah is now on the earth and when he dies, the marriage covenant with the house of Judah ends. So if you're Jewish and you've rejected the Messiah, you are not God's chosen people. Now the Father knows who you are, he knows your heritage and he cares for you, but you have you have to make a decision who you're going to follow. Are you going to follow Yehovah? Are you going to accept the Messiah? Because if you don't accept the Messiah, you cannot reach the Father because Yeshua said I'm the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So as we're getting ready for Shavuot, as we're pressing in with this, we recognize that he is risen, that he is here, that God is here, that he dwells amongst us, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Then it is important how we live our lives. It's very important how we live our lives. I encourage you to get into Second Corinthians chapter 6, and just press into verse 14 to uh, verse 1 of 7. And just, you know, enjoy that scripture and just look at it and say, is there any areas, you know, 
where we've got to be separate you know is there any yokes that we have that we need to deal with you know uh, if you're single and you're in a relationship with someone who's not saved then may this be a word of warning to you you know i know many believers who are unequally yoked in their marriage and it's not easy they can go through years and years of difficult times even if you're spouse is allowing you to to walk with Yehovah it's still not the same you want to walk with someone who is walking in the spirit of Yehovah amen well I hope you're blessed and encouraged with the words we're sharing tonight we just want to continually lay the foundation in the preparation for Shavuot we shout the victory in Messiah as we press forward we're in anticipation for what's taking place if you want to make a short video and send me a video of testimony we will add it in and share it in our broadcast for Shavuot um, because it's about us being community together and encouraging each other so what's Shavuot all about it's about proclamation it's about lifting up the the wheat loaves and proclaiming testimony of who he is that he is dwelling within us that we are the temple of the most high that we are the temple of the holy spirit hallelujah so let's be encouraged let's stand in the gap and you know don't compromise in relationships because it's only going to create trouble down the road if you're already married in a relationship that's unequally yoked it says in the word don't leave that relationship but if the other partner wants to leave uh, they are free to do so and uh, you are free but uh, you know your job is to pray for your spouse your job is to stand in the gap you know I believe the marriage covenant is vitally important and you know we have too many people dismiss the importance of marriage and whatever it takes on your behalf press in you don't give up you petition heaven you press in to see the victory in Yeshua all right well, I hope you're blessed and encouraged with the word today. Um, we're going to leave it there. I'm going to give you my email address, Kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. And I'm also going to give you, oh, <laughs> where am I writing this? I'm not even writing it in the, the thing. Hold on a sec. Kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. Okay. Um, and I also have another email address. If you've sent me an email and you haven't heard from me, then here's another email address. It's bulldozerfaith at gmail.com. Send the email to there. Um, if you need encouragement, if you need uh, counsel, support uh, through life challenges with things that you're going through, uh, if you've got questions, um, and you need, you know, it's a bit too long to go through things on an email, then send me a message and I'll be happy to call you and uh, we can, you can share uh, on a phone call um, what you're going through, what's happening. We can pray together over things there. That's what's awesome about uh, the technology we have today. doesn't matter where we are, we can stand in the gap and stand in the promises of Yehovah. So if you're blessed and encouraged with the ministry, I encourage you uh, to sow into uh, Bulldozer Faith and the work and the things that we do. Uh, for all those that, that join that are 
regular givers to the ministry. I appreciate all the things that you do because the support enables us to be a blessing to this generation and to do the things that we do. We also, as a family, are givers to the ministry too through the different businesses and things that we do. We fund um, kingdom projects and uh, we pour into the ministry to make a difference. And we just ask you to join with us in making a difference, you know. Uh, there's there's so much going on within the ministry and you know sometimes we're we're up against the wall of you know trying to raise the provision to do the things that the father has called us to do but we are not going to fight our way through to do things we're just going to trust in the father we're getting ready for in the shelter of his wings uh, to work with those suffering in domestic violence and abuse and you know I encourage you stand with us um, we're going to be putting together a program on things that people can do to help uh, as we look at what steps need to take place for us to raise the support to make this project happen. During this COVID-19 time, you know, uh, we, a lot of people are not able to give the way that they have given before because of what's happening in the work level. And we don't want to put any pressure on people financially. We're, you know, we are not going to do that. You know, you give out of the overflow and as the Father is blessing you, you know, so don't feel that you have to give from a place of lack. But let's be in prayer and ask the Father to bring in the resources so that these projects will be underwritten in what we do in broadcasting, also in, in writing materials. We're actively working on uh, books and writing materials right now. And these things have to be funded for us to get the gospel of the kingdom out to this generation. So appreciate your prayers, standing with the ministry, and uh, praying for the ministry, which is more important than anything. Here in the land of Israel, it's amazing what the Father is doing and what we uh, accomplish with the resources that we have. What a blessing. So thanks for watching. I look forward to joining with you all tomorrow. If you've got any questions or anything you want to share, you've got the way to communicate and um, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Shalom, shalom. Hallelujah.